Wednesday, May 27th, 2020, and welcome to episode 32 of Heal Alternative, the official, I, well, I was going to say the interim official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool, but I mean, after what y'all did this weekend, I don't even know anymore. What? What, what did you do? We made the heel turn come back. How did you? How did you do this? I I don't understand this. I I edited the episode and I still don't understand this. So, Whatever. As it turns out, John, if nothing's happening and you, your name's not being used, you just call yourself that name and it starts being used again. And, and I you, still feel like squatters' rights haven't been properly fucking invoked here and owen's gonna like file an eviction notice on y'all but i mean whatever i'm, you know I'm what? here to watch the world you burn. know what john you can't convict two podcast hosts for the same crime <laughs> when you put it that way i guess it makes sense regardless though this is our posicast covering the wide world of professional wrestling including nxt aew and all things within and without vince's purview heck of a show for y'all tonight and let us not waste any more time because i mean what the fuck have we already gotten ourselves into i'm john garrexky maxwell joined as always by oscar bernard what's up and trace evans hey how's it going okay how y'all doing i'm feeling alive I'm yeah, supposed I mean, to go it's... back to work in two days, and none of us have been told if that's still happening. Hooray! Yeah, so I got a survey from my workplace saying, "Hey, we're thinking about opening the office, but like leaving it at twenty-five percent capacity. Uh, please check which one of these days you want to work." Or also, there's this option down here that says, "I don't want to work at the office. I'd rather stay at home for the remainder." I just checked that and said, "Don't bring me in." So we were told. We were told because we were told it's like, hey, you guys are going to have to come back, but to a different location that is open. Whereas the staff that actually work at that location get to stay home. So Except now, what for for reasons, our manager is unable to go back. And so now we were told it's like, if he's not going back, we're going to evaluate the options to see... Uh, if we're going to move forward with the original stores, loca- the original location staff, and we're supposed to be back to work on Friday, and Jesus. no one at our store or the other store knows who's actually going back on Friday, because no one stepped in to say, here's what's happening. Clearly, this whole thing is going well, and, and everybody out there understands how to do this fucking bullshit that's happening. Like, uh, it's, Just, it's fucking frustrating. Like, for God's sakes, like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna save this rant for later, but fuck it, I'll do it now. Like, I, I feel like this weekend, everybody just fucking gave up. Is it just me? No, I feel like everybody's Look, suddenly this... gotten amnesia about, like, no, this is the thing that fucking, not, that doesn't kill you, cripples you, if it doesn't kill you. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, but no, I gotta have my barbecues, I gotta have my talking to other people, and my social interaction, and I gotta hang around everybody at the beach, and things like, it's like, fucking hell. It's, I I know it's a long time in your life, but hold on like the rest of us. Yeah, like, I ain't trying to burn no one, so I ain't gonna name names here, but, like, Mm -hmm. I was talking to one of my, like, one of my friends, like, you know, one of my RL friends that I play uh, Fortnite with, Mm -hmm. um, he... Join. I was just like dicking around. Uh, I believe yesterday it was, or probably Monday. Um, just messing around, uh, shooting some people. He texts me like, "Oh, hey, I'm in your group." Uh, so I jump on our Discord. 
He's at our mutual friend's house. Why? It's like, are did you not pay attention to the whole like we're not supposed to be doing things like you know he's I'm hearing like you know going like friends of mine are going on walks with with each other. It's like. It makes of, me feel fucking crazy for being like, no, I, I feel like we should like fucking take this seriously and do this shit. And then it makes me fucking upset because, yeah, I'm fucking jealous because I can't fucking like I'm taking this seriously and not fucking seeing anybody and fucking miserable about it. And you motherfuckers are just like being like, well, fuck it. I'll, I'll guess I'll just die then. Yeah, you're taking the risk in quarantine. I've got a friend I want to see. I've been wanting to see her again since like, you know, like a month or so now. Because um, I had to take time off because she had school and all that sort of thing. I'm not going to be able to see her till next year, and we've agreed on that. And all these people just going out like, oh yeah, well you know maybe I break quarantine, but they're clean, right? How do you know? You don't know. How do you know you're clean? You don't know. We don't know. And you're just going to put everybody's life online and risk people like that. Quarantine, folks. Just do it. Yep. But hey, New York seems like it's really gearing to open itself back up, so Fuck's guess sake. I'll just die then. <sighs> I just want to... Okay, John, you're a hero. Dr. Manhattan is going to bow to you. Oh, Th- man, thanks for thanks. being a hero, John. Congratulations. <sighs> At least someone recognizes me. <laughs> All right. Let's... Can't believe you're the reason he decided to go live on Mars. <laughs> I can. That makes perfect yeah. sense. And I just dunked on him so hard on Twitter that he that he was like, "Fuck this planet." Plus Mike Tyson. So it's so sad Mike that Tyson. John died of ligma. Plus Mike Tyson. Ligma Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a good one, folks. This is we're already off to the races here. So let's. Let's move on to our show where we're going to talk about the past and the present and the future of wrestling or something like that. I don't fucking know. Hey, there's a Dark Side of the Ring got renewed for season three. It sure yes. did, which is great. I mean, you know, it's going to be a while, definitely, but hey, take time. doing it. I can't believe the season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring season three is going to be when AEW and WWE let all their wrestlers die of coronavirus. You know, I can actually is a sad thing. Weird. It's like they had a bunch of people in the ring all at once. Their entire roster was in the ring trying to hold two of their wrestlers apart. Actually, one of those even wrestlers, Mike Tyson. What the hell? Jim Cornette's just watching the video saying, Oh, man, this makes our business look really bad. <laughs> but also, man, if I had the coronavirus, I would make sure to stand in a room with Vince Russo. <laughs> and D'Lo Brown's just another room like, This is, what are they doing? Oh my god, I just I should just work with Ring of Honor from now on. Oh no, no. Oh, this is this Sandman is Sandman watches it goes, Oh, so that's why they did the segment. <laughs> that's why they all died. I never of knew this whole time. I didn't watch the show. Ah shit. I knew they had all got sick for a reason. Governor Rick to Sandman. <laughs> god damn it. Hell yeah. Uh I'm excited for Dark Side of the Ring Season 3. That's all I got, though. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. But we'll see. Maybe next year, probably in two years. Mm-hmm. Who knows how fucking long we're going to not be able to do anything. I mean, however long it takes for him to do it right. Indeed. 
So it's not on the notes here, but since we are talking about things of the past, Oscar, I do know that you watched some Carnyland and you have some thoughts on it. A week after we did the segment was specifically about you watching Carnyland and having thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't have much to say other than Carnyland's fucking cool. I, it's not great, but it's also very, it's exactly what I want from NWA. Okay. Did you watch any of the stuff they did this week? No, I didn't because I was playing MK11. Okay, because, yeah, this week was, was the first week that they launched the whole suite of shows. I, I haven't watched any of them yet, but, yeah, they have the second episode of Carnyland, and then they have uh, What's all, all This About, or What About All This, whatever the fuck it's called, the Nick Aldis interview show, and then they're inside the NWA show, where uh, they interviewed uh, Billy Corgan and Dave Langana. Yeah, look, there is... This totally fits in with the vibe of what Power's been going for in the sense that this all feels like some cable access shit that would air after the wrestling show. Hmm. Um, again, you... This feels very... This feels like Capital Wrestling with a budget. <laughs> Please, mm-hmm. you know, Oscar, it's Catalyst Wrestling now. Did what is cat? Did they actually change it? I think so. I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to actually watch this and do some research into this because I think that they are actually changing their name and rebranding. I think they're pulling a fucking ECW. I mean, I to be fair, Capital Wrestling kind of only evokes now the lowest budget. <laughs> If they want to be taken somewhat seriously, I feel like, yeah, maybe they do have to rebrand. But I think they're also just going to do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Because it's fucking Capital Wrestling, and I'm down! Make it happen! Let's go! I will say, I'm very sad to report that the person that I swiped right on Tinder, whose picture was him at a Capital Wrestling show with (gasps) Sunny Kiss, did not return the swipe. Sounds like a real feminist. Yeah. But, you know, also, there's also part of me that's like, you know what? I feel like two people in a relationship that know what capital wrestling is, (laughs) that's just a recipe for a real bad time. Or a real good time. Or a recipe for the best time. I can't believe they turned into the two greatest bank robbers ever. (laughs) Can't believe they committed a mass murder-suicide all for Anthony Gambone. <laughs> Look, this is how we both become the Phantom of the Capitol Arena. And this is how they got inducted into Hot Boys International. <laughs> they were then taken down by the rep. <laughs> the world is a Hot Boys International and so am I. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I, Colby Carino. I need to watch. I, I I haven't watched Capital in a little bit. I need to know what's up. I with mean, neither have I. Like, apparently, this all happened like a month ago. So, like, because I was just like, I, I need to go because literally, is this all happened because of our conversation that we had while watching uh, Double or Nothing about the belt, where I just said, "Look, I'm just gonna throw it out there. It'll look exactly like the Capital Wrestling Championship." <laughs> 
Yeah. And looking for that screenshot of Homicide holding the championship is what I discovered all of this. Some more info as it becomes available, folks. This might be a capital. This might. I almost called it a capital Friday. A capital Friday, indeed. Shit, we're gonna have to call it that. All right. Can we? We should honestly just call all the casual Fridays capital Fridays because it's about the quality of those podcasts. It's Catalyst Friday because it's a great way to start off your weekend. That's mean. I I feel like I do a go okay job of editing those. Thank you. Hey, I'm saying I, I'm saying it has the perfect level of like low budget, but there is a level of art here that Capital Wrestling provides. But also, it's for a very specific type of person. Because who Fair. else is up at three a.m. to listen to two guys that don't know anything about New Japan talk about <laughs> New Japan? Yeah, get excited for June. Is that actually, is, oh yeah, they're doing the MT Arena set. If Tanahashi wills it, he's still making sure everything's above board. He's the one. Good man, Tanahashi. Yeah, Tanahashi's made it very clear that if it doesn't feel right to start going back to shows in empty arenas after the fact, he's not going to do them. Well, you What's know, Okada doing Tanahashi, in all this? we appreciate that you don't want to come back. It's okay. We've been watching a lot of Pride MMA right now, and uh, it was very inspiring. I'm going to call it Jadoism. I hate this. I, I, I hate can't. This. I'm not even going to. I can't. I, I can't even, engage in this. This hurts too much. I, where Where's the fucking timer? Where is the fucking timer when I need it? For God's sake! The timer's sick right now. Okay, we need to give. You it should quarantine. just always have it ready if you know I'm on the show. It, it has to I'm be. Gonna bring you to that place. It needs two weeks on its own before we can use it again. Fair enough. Without symptoms. All right. Let's move on to our first topic here. Yo, there's a pay-per-view this weekend. Yeah, there was. We talked it about it. It was AW Double or Nothing. Oster and I talked about it on a premium podcast. You sure did. If you go over to patreon.cool or patreon.com slash pwc and give us $5, you can get subscribed to get all of our podcasts, uh, our exclusive podcasts that we do for Patreon subscribers, uh, including the AEW Double or Nothing review that uh, Trace and Oscar did. On the heel turn, Yes. There's actually some real good discussion on this one about, like, you know, a very frank discussion about Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. We, we finally let our thoughts out about Cody, and, yeah, it's interesting. Daddy eats first. Oh, he sure does. It was a very good episode, and I thought that y'all did a very good job with reviewing it. Although, I do have quite one question for you, now that we are... About four days out from y'all recording that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you've had some time to digest uh, the show. Have your thoughts on it changed at all? Um, I So, I'm a lot warmer on MJF Jungle Boy than I was probably when mm-hmm. we recorded it. Mm-hmm. I thought that match slapped. Yeah, yeah no, I've come to realize... I, I think in the moment I was just so caught up in, well, what the fuck do they do with Jungle Boy now? Mm-hmm. Although, spoilers, tonight really helped me realize, no, actually, I'm more okay with this match now. Mm-hmm. I still feel the wrong person won in the end. I feel like they made amends about how that all went, for sure. Um, yeah. 
Like, I, th- this was the way you do a run back in a way that's not just BS, let's reverse the results. No, let's give it a completely different scenario and, you know, run it back. I, I think that helped the idea that, no, they both got elevated off that match. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just, I feel like there's no good that would have come from having MJF take a pin there. Yeah, fair. Like yeah, he, I mean, MJF he does have a proper is far more run. the future at this point. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I guess my only thought is like the stadium uh, stampede continues to be like increasing in my head how cool it was. I know. And realizing I, I, I was watched that that was thirty four minutes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it goes by so fucking quickly, even though it's, like, a really fucking long thing. And I, got, I will say, like, I've watched it several times. Yeah, now. I need to watch it again. I've been tempted to go watch it again. And it's like, there, there's enough to that match. There's a lot of meat on that bone. And it is, oh, it, it's a delicious gonna, match. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's making a real challenge at the end of the year, I think, for... That Firefly Funhouse match. I think it intended, intentionally did so. I think that was kind of them taking the gauntlet of, oh, uh, so WWE does these good produce matches, huh? Well, they're not the only ones who can do that. We got some ideas, and we got the guy who started this whole idea of you know produced matches and kind of took off Borash? with it. What do you say? They have Jeremy Borash? Oh, yeah. they. I mean, he is within the sp- Vessel of one Matt Hardy, yeah. I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't. Look, eh, is still with WWE. Yeah, he is yeah, actually. Come on. Come on, man. They have the guy. They have Borash was was a key part of that. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they literally have the guy that made the shit. I know. I'm just being a piece of shit. I know you are, but yeah, no. I know you are, but no, fuck you. I mean, Matt Hardy. I think he is in himself kind of not great these days but when he's working with other people he fucking makes it all work in a way that is not supposed to and i love it that stadium stampede match was basically worth the 50 dollars alone in my opinion yeah and some of the behind the scenes stuff of it was pretty cool too like especially some of the alternate angles of that huge finishing bump and just how nasty it is (laughs) That bump, as soon as that happened, I immediately went to our end of the year list, and I'm like, that's fucking duck coolest spot, fuck you. I I will put it out there right now. pretty cool. The uh, the coverage, the camera they used for it during the pay-per-view did not do it justice. It's a, it's, that is like a off the hell in a cell, um, one-winged angel. Yeah, like that, when you see that jump on being the elite mm-hmm. with from that other angle that Brendan Cutler got, like, holy shit. And don't get me wrong, yes, it had a lot of padding. Of course it did, but that's because they're fucking safe. But, yeah, because yeah. it's a 20-foot drop. But, no, I mean, it was sick enough that everybody around there was just, like, freaking the fuck out, and I could not be happier. Like, it's real it, good. It really reinforces the fact that Sammy Guevara is going to be a star a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Yeah. And he, he, oh, yeah. He's like the best thing AEW is going that isn't named Darby Allen. Hell, he might Indeed. be the best thing going that is named Darby Allen. Yeah, honestly, it's, he might actually be better than Darby Allen at this point. 
the rest of the show I don't think was anywhere near as good as a stadium stampede, but I I really enjoyed it and I thought it was really well paced except, and I thought like everybody looked good with the exception of, you know, two segments that really stood out to me. Which were Let's go ahead and name them. I mean, I think you know where I'm going with one of them. Mm-hmm. The fucking Sean Spears, let's just make this guy look like such a total fucking dumbass that we've completely destroyed him again. Yep, Sean Spears looks like he just wants to retire. Excuse me, he has Tully Blanchard on his dick. (laughs) It's a very WWE segment. Yeah. In a way that I did not appreciate. Nope, it was terrible. And, ah, man, as much as I hate to say it, like... That pre-show match was a yep. very big example to me, you know, that and last week's Dynamite of the fact that, yo, Ring Rust is real. Mm-hmm. They both were but, sloppy as fuck. Like, Best Friends looked, I think Best Friends looked pretty decent, mm-hmm. all things considered, you know, definitely not their best match, but, like, no. I think they look pretty, you know, they've been able to wrestle for several weeks, so, yeah. unlike Private Party, who basically hasn't been seen since, I don't know, early March, mm-hmm. February, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. They basically wrestled a uh, stuffed teddy bear and a knockoff of the boogeyman, and that's it. Yeah, in a a heavily produced thing that they clearly filmed and were able to edit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, do reshoots on. Here in the match, they had looking real sloppy. (sighs) Yeah, they they need some coaching, which is what I feel kind of led into Dynamite and some of the stuff going on there. But even then, we have some talking to do there anyways. And I mean, we do, and the actually thing... there is something that that we're going to talk about a little bit later about mm-hmm. that coaching, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Some ideas that uh, Jim Ross brought up on uh, uh, Wrestling Observer Live that I've been thinking a lot about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, we should talk about, you know, things that happen tonight. Yeah. It's time to play It's Wednesday Wrestling. We should probably care. Yeah, there's some interesting I stuff this week. I Dynamite tonight. I, look, some of the stuff NXT looked like they had going on was interesting. Interesting too. Excuse me. Yeah, I will say that you know I I I tuned in NXT here and there and watched some of the stuff, but like for the most part, I pretty much took the classic NXT rule of well, the opening segment's going to be amazing mm-hmm. and the ending's going to be amazing, and then the rest is going to be hit and miss. And like I don't know, Johnny Gargano did some some shit. Apparently, Johnny Gargano and, and Candice are now feuding with Keith Lee and Mia Yim. The only because... reason I know Candice's heel is because I got a notification on the website that makes mods for 2K19 of Get Candice LeRae's new heel graphics! Uh... She's the Poison Pixie. Oh, is that what they're going to call her now? Okay. That is what they're calling her now. Than Candice Wrestling. You know, that, honestly... They're still calling her that. And, I mean, let's be honest here. They're fucking, uh... Well, dude, they're also having a fucking feud between them based based on... Well, Keith Lee and Mia Yim are dating, so... I guess couples fight? Wait, Keith Lee and Mia Yim are dating? Yeah, they've been dating for a while now. Good for them. Yeah, they're they're a very good couple, very supportive. Keith Lee sounds like he's one of the most stand-up individuals in wrestling. Yeah, they sound like a very cute, very sweet couple that I'm very happy for. But, yo, like, do y'all have to make every fucking real-life couple into a fucking storyline? Did we not fucking learn anything from fucking Seth Rollins' Becky Lynch? No, and we yeah, did not. And, yeah, I get it. Keith Lee and Megan are a lot more personable and seem a lot more genuine as people than, say, Seth Rollins does. 
but regardless, yeah. But think about do we really need to have great these fucking storylines when Candice LeRae starts cucking Johnny Gargano? I can't believe Candice LeRae and Scarlett are making out while Karrion Cross beats the shit out of Johnny Gargano. I can. I can. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Pervert. Dion ain't denying it. Yeah. Also, I just want to say the Poison Pixie feels like well, we had this nickname ready for Dakota Kai, but she can't come up here now. So, uh, oh God, we need to use this. It's so good. Uh, Candace, get over here. A person that's actually interesting now. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was in a match. Do you care? No. I keep forgetting Charlotte's NXT champion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she had a, a tag team match with some person I don't even fucking remember against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Hmm. Because they're going to have a triple threat at In Your House. Sure, whatever. Yeah, that's basically how I feel about all of this. Look, sure, whatever. The only good stat I know about this is someone pointed out this is going to be the first ever women's match at an in-your-house pay-per-view. Damn. It's fucked up. Yeah, not I wrong. believe it. Charlotte believe and it. first evers. Name a more iconic duo. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Hell yeah. Less iconic than Charlotte and getting handed first evers. You're not wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. And I wish that you were. Also, Regardless, though, mm-hmm. let's talk about some NXT. We got a beginning, a middle, and an end segment that I got for us to talk about. Okay. The show began with the Group A finals in the Interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament that they're doing. This is actually interesting to me. Yeah, it was uh, Drake Maverick, Jake Atlas, and uh, Kushida. It, it's a tie break because they tied, so you got to fight yeah. them off. So is the and, format and also classic, like they, they did it in a smart way where like you know uh, Drake pinned Kushida, Kushida pinned Atlas, Atlas pinned Drake. Mm-hmm. So literally they're all on equal footing. Yep, and it is a block format, uh, Oscar. Just to be yeah. clear. Yeah, it, it is a block format. Uh, Group B has already been won by El Hijo de Fantasma. Who? Uh, he used to let, wrestle on Lucha Underground as King Cuerno. Oh. And I believe that's the son of Phantasma is what that means? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a... He's a very good wrestler. He fucking rules. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this match was really fun and really cool. I like that uh, one thing that stood out to me, I will say, because I know that they they weren't really acknowledging it uh, when he first debuted. And, I mean, I guess they're still not really going into it, but... At least they're calling. At least they are calling Jake Atlas's uh, LGBTDT the Rainbow DDT now. That's a step in the right direction. If nothing it's else, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, like, do they need to sweep it under the rug? Like, yes, he's openly gay. Who gives a shit? Just say that. You know, make sure people Look, understand. They're hey. not gonna. They're not gonna say anything until Stephanie McMahon hears about it. And Look, then they're just not going to say anything about it, just like with Darren Young. Yeah. Look, they would have acknowledged it if coronavirus hadn't canceled Pride. They would have acknowledged it if they didn't get a call from MBS going, you're doing what now? Yeah, that guy can't come over here. Also, Sammy he, Day's he, ain't dead yet. 
yeah, he should be dead. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, MBS, uh, can you just send the next $10 billion over? Thanks. All right, I'll, I'll do it. Just uh, also make sure that you uh, you fucking throw Alistair Black in a, in a grave so- somewhere. Oh, hey, uh, there's a couple zeros missing from this check you sent us. Um, could you just, uh, uh, I mean, he's not in the grave yet. I haven't scooped the dirt on it. Could, if you could get the other zeros over here, it'd be great. Uh, we'll get want, to it. Do you want your plane to take off? <laughs> God. But this no. was a very fun and exciting match, but I feel like you can already kind of, look, for as much as it was a really well-wrestled match, we all kind of know where this is going. And, like, you can see the, with the story what they're doing here. It's Drake Maverick is the complete and under, utter underdog who, like, as much as we love this underdog story, he is completely fighting outside his weight lo- his weight class. Mm-hmm. Like, Kushida is fucking Kushida. He's a pro, and he's clearly the favorite here. And Jake Atlas is, like... The plucky underdog kid who's got who's real exciting and flashing cool and almost has his moments where he wins, but I mean he's clearly in there to take the loss, also, right? But because Drake, he's new also enough. Drake Maverick is no longer employed by the company. That's the thing that's a twist to me. It's like he's they're trying to make it like he's literally fighting for his career to extend, not being fired. Yep, and the ending was mm-hmm. Kushida. Has Jake Atlas in a cross arm breaker, hoverboard lock, mind you. Uh, not the hoverboard lock. Oh, okay, I was reading was hoverboard lock, so that's interesting. It was not the hoverboard lock. He, okay, he had him in a cross arm breaker. Okay, so and there's a the reason key. why it wasn't the hoverboard lock. It couldn't be the hoverboard lock because as he was in the cross arm breaker, Drake Maverick pinned Jake Atlas. Right, that's what I found weird about that. It's like, how did he manage to pin him on a hoverboard lock? So okay. Out. And so, yeah, Drake Mavericks steals a fucking victory mm-hmm. and goes on to the finals. Which I guess, like, and maybe this is the thing they mentioned during commentary and stuff like that, and I didn't hear it because I didn't watch. If Drake stole a pin, why wasn't Kushida getting a pin off of that? So they didn't really explain as much. They're like, well, there's some controversy here, but I will say that... Um, Maybe it had something to do with the fact that, like, well, no, because I was thinking, like, well, Kushida's shoulders aren't really on the mat, but, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, look, I remember they did this spot a couple years ago where Curtis Axel pinned Bad News Barrett when the fucking Miz happened a figure four. Oh, and yeah. And I didn't like it then. Nope. And I still don't know how I feel about it now. Mm-hmm. But I like... I like Drake Maverick going on to the finals. I really enjoy that. Although I, I'm pretty sure that this is, I feel like I know how this is all going to end. With tears and El Hio de Fantasma holding a belt. Yeah, I, I feel like they're they're definitely building up to that reveal of, hey, remember when those weird luchadors were kidnapping people? Yeah, they work for El Hio de Fantasma, and that whole thing where they tried to kidnap him was just a trick. Yep. He's the ringleader of the of the weird luchador gang, and they fuck they fuck up Drake Maverick, and now he's the champion. He's got and the power of the Maverick gods within him. I mean, again, no, also... no, that's Brian Cage. No, no, that used to be the case, but Brian Cage works for AEW now, so it can't be possible. Look, we don't know what promotion Dario Cueto is going to sign with. Okay, how do we know that Dario Cueto hasn't just been reincarnated as Taz? Because Taz is not nearly enough charisma to pull that off. 
the reincarnation is, is uh, not complete yet. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say nothing I want more in this world than for Tony Khan to buy the rights to Lucha Underground. I don't. I don't care about that. Just actually get me like the actor behind Dario Cueto to actually be the real manager for Brian Cage. Can you, I just. Can you imagine him screaming, "Who can stop the power of Cage?" Yeah, but also, I just want him to be Dario Cueto. He can be Dario Cueto without having the name Dario Cueto. No, he needs the name. Okay, fair. But he needs the name. Them. He needs the amulet. He needs to wander around with a key. And if he carries the around with a key, then maybe they'll get Jeff Cobb back. And now Jeff Cobb actually has said on record that he's not going back. Oh man. He, huh. he just did that kind of to show off that, you know, it was more of a friendly gesture towards AEW and he's exploring around, but he wants to go back to ROH. Alright. Fair enough. I mean, in fairness, he probably wouldn't get that big of a push in AEW. Yeah, it was more just like he was like, I want to try him out. Just give it a shot. So I just show up there and said hi And uh, when I was between contracts. And I made pretty clear to ROH I was going to come back to them anyways. And so I did a match and I went back. Cool. Yeah, so I mean... Nothing against him. He's a cool dude. In the middle of the show, though, uh, mm-hmm. they set up the in-your-house match that uh, Adam Cole is going to have. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, they pretty much announced that they're going to do a fucking dumb cinematic match. Oh, so... They said... Th- William Regal said the words, I'm going to pick a suitable location, and you're going to go there, and we're going to do this. So it's going to be the school showdown. That's why and that's the rub here. Dream wanted to know. He's scouting out <laughs> what the best schools to go to are. And that's the rub here, because, yeah, it's fucking Velveteen Dream. And on one hand, it's like, yo, I bet that they'd do some weird shit with Velveteen Dream in a cinematic match. But also, oh, boy, this match is going to happen in a, in a fucking high school in D.C., isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, William Regal gets to pick what school they go to. Uh, this would have been so much cooler if fucking Velveteen Dream could have kept it in his fucking pants. Yeah, pretty much. And we're just really sweeping this under the rug, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Just not even going to acknowledge this anymore at all. Guys are just going to be horny, aren't they? And God bless them horny little fuckers. Fucking hell, people. What's going I mean, really, this choice? wouldn't be a crime if he wasn't a little fucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I keep finding of... new bottoms of the barrel! You sure did. That one's scraping at it. Plus Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, John, I, I hear something about this final part. They had a fucking fight pit! Fight pit! Fight pit! I can't believe that this. I can't believe that Dana White's Fight Island is just NXT. The main event of NXT was actually very cool. It was Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in a fight pit. Fight pit. So basically, they they had they basically did a blood sport match. They had the ring. Uh, there was no ropes. There were no turnbuckles. Literally all the the entire ring was surrounded by a cage and on top of the cage was a scaffolding and they were inside that fucking like fight pit and it was a 10 round 
like a, a knockout or submission. It's so right. cool. It was a very cool fucking gimmick. And like, look, I- I'm going to say it like it definitely felt like an NXT match. Like they definitely had their stupid high spot where like, you know, at the end, oh, we're going to go up and fight on the scaffold. And then uh, fucking Matt Riddle's going to do a big high spot on the scaffolding. I feel like this is a rule of Foley now that every WWE match that has something where there's something high you can go up to, somebody's going to go up there and do a thing. But like Timothy it's Thatcher still... was like, I can't feel my legs, and Matt Riddle was like, "Bro, you ain't gonna need them." <laughs> God damn it! It still felt like a WWE match in a lot of ways. The pacing was very much an NXT match. Still, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like like a lot of the differences were very much aesthetic, but like. Those aesthetics did a lot, and it made it feel very cool and unique. And also, hey, it's pretty cool that, like, one of the the spots right before they went to commercial was fucking Matt Riddle kicking out Timothy Thatcher's teeth. Jesus, okay. And a close-up on, like, fucking, oh, uh, Kurt Angle, the special guest referee, is holding, like, two of his teeth in his hand. Okay, that's cool. And, you know, it was probably gimmick. I'm sure. Like, same as Yuka Sakazaki. Pretty fucking neat. Mm-hmm. Like, and it really sold the brutality of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a really neat spectacle, and, like, it made it feel really different, even though, yeah, like, I could definitely see, like, the pacing of the match still very much felt like how NXT typically paces their big matches. Just with more submissions and, and no, like, you know, more submissions instead of, uh, instead of, like, near falls. Yeah. Sure. I'm cool with that. But, st- but still really neat. And it ended with uh, Matt Riddle getting near rear naked choked out to send him to fucking SmackDown where he's going to be abused and destroyed. I can't believe he's become the weed man. He just comes I out to Rasta music and he has a whole pe- party of people behind him. They're the buyers. Oh, he's Kofi Kingston's old theme song? He smokes. He smokes weed. Smokes. Smokes weed. Smokes weed. Smokes weed. Throw away, Jose. Oh, we got his new name right there. Holy crap. I hate that you're right, and this is going to happen. It's going to be something like that. You know it. I do know it. That's why I hate it. Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. John made this point, but I'm going to say it. At least Paul Heyman knew how to book Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's NXT. It was, you know, it was NXT. Mm-hmm. How was AEW? I mean, I did Ooh. watch some of AEW. Well, I'm not going to give you the questions about do you care or not, because I'm just going to talk about all this shit anyways to a certain point. I enjoyed this week. Yeah, it, it was, was a good week. good week. Um, Inner Circle had shirts. They the had a crowd. bunch of shirts. The crowd of wrestlers is finally getting loud enough that it feels like they're not losing out anymore. Oh, that's also one thing I will say, definitely, is that, like, NXT, this was the first time that NXT had had people around in the crowd. In the plexiglass? Yep, in the plexiglass zone. Because JR called that out during AEW, trying to be smarty about it and be a complete smartass, whatever. Well, folks, you may may know that... uh... Velveteen Dream, who was never wrestled here, 
is about to win NXT's world title. Heh. <laughs> That'll put butts in seats, by God. I can't believe- No, they're not allowed to sit during NXT. I can't believe SmackDown somehow killed both NXT and AEW. <laughs> I can't. But, yeah, I could totally believe that. Um, so, yeah, they, they had a pretty good crowd. They had the whole gimmick at the start talking about how, yeah, the um, inner circle is kind of messed up right now, given that they just lost another big match. And they ordered a bunch Excuse of T-shirts. Me. They were runners up in that match. Yes, they were. They were. They were participants in that match. Um, they tried. They tried. And yeah. God, the inner circle is so good. They are. They do a really good job about selling their losses. I got to give it to them. Like it's not a case where they ever look bad afterwards. It's like, well, no, they just end up shining in a different way. Good heels. Like they give you the payoff and then some. But we'll it talk about off... that closing segment later. But oh yeah, that closer segment we got to talk about that. But um, it starts off the hot open is Joey Janela and Private Party going up against Matt Hardy in full on Team Extreme mode and the Young Bucks. This and Matt Hardy gimmick is so weird. It's very I weird. I liked Matt Hardy. I kind of wish I liked him too, but this was a weird match overall because I. It's hard to tell. I mean, later on we found out that it was pretty much a gimmick, but they made it look like Mark Quinn got himself injured partway through, and Isaiah Casti gets his ass kicked partway through because Joey Janela did something else stupid and got himself injured too. So they spend the whole time carrying Mark Quinn away. And oh no, the Bucks went out into the crowd earlier and they had thrown punches towards the Butcher and the Blade, who we haven't Why'd seen for ages. So the Butcher and the Blade are going to come into the ring and maybe actually try and fight. The yeah, why why so they attack Butcher and Blade? Because um, they got thrown into the crowd. And then I guess they didn't like the way they bumped against him. So they started throwing punches against one another. That's the closest thing to sense we got out of that. Um, what we did I get after that look fine, Oscar. is a very loud revving Ford driving its I way like in. Blade's stupid white stupid suspenders that he has. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a decent look-ish for, like, sailors. Yeah, they look like sailors. Yeah, they look like some sailors. We, Oscar, we finally know where sailors hang out. Yes. It's a daily's place. It's a daily's place. That's On the night are. that the snow turned rain, did you see a black van pulling into the into daily's place with FTR? It wasn't a van, it was a truck. But yes, I did. I saw... Black van revving its way in. I'm like, oh crap, Cody's coming back for some reason. But no, it was FTR featuring Dax Strongman and Biff Punchfist running in. I will say when this happened, I literally just yelled all the two things at my t- at my iPad. I went, yeah, this is so stupid. Yeah. And as soon as I, it was like, first thing was like, go to Discord, find one channel that would care about this and type, it's happening. That and channel happened to be our chat. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure this was. Because that was the first one I came to. So congratulations, you won the lottery for FTR and Biff Breakman and, I don't know, uh, Mike Fistman. Um, they they ran out. It looked like they were going to turn and work with the Butcher and the Blade. Oh, no, they turned against him because they're honorable men. They say yeah. And then they uh, For fists. legal reasons, they don't say yeah. Oh, they say yes. Wait, no, that's Far Cry Five. Um, they say they don't. They didn't say Yo, anything. They're just repackaging them as Death Grips fans. 
Mm-hmm. But it they- goes, it 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 goes. FTR! Oh, Shatter Machine! Yeah, we got it. Sorry, we got, I had to, we got I had to a Shatter that Machine. One. We got a bunch of stuff like that. And we got to stare at the Bucks before they went on their way. Something's going to happen here. It's cool. They're, we now know for 100% certain they are definitely with AEW, as if you didn't already know. And that's probably going to be a fighter fest thing whenever that and happens. One's wearing black and one's wearing white. Are they good or evil? We don't know. I don't know. But I'm looking very much forward to Mac Hardstrong and Biff Henderson to go at it with the Young Bucks. Yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um, beyond that, uh, Brian Cage was in action, which means he basically killed Lee Johnson again. This is now nine times in a row that Lee Johnson has died. Trace, who can stop the path of Cage? Who can stop the path of Cage? It's a terrible open. But what <laughs> isn't is... What isn't terrible is Taz got on the mic afterwards. And by the way, John Moxie was on commentary for this for some reason. I don't know. He was just being a goof. he's going to face Cage. Yeah. He's going to face Cage. So he's there to study he's him like, up. I wanna, yeah, I want to scout my guy. Yeah. Which, okay, made sense. And he wasn't bad. Um, then Taz gets on the mic and starts yelling at him, talking about how he has never faced anybody like Cage. And Cage is a machine, blah, blah, blah. Goes through all that stuff. Even throws his own old lines in. You know, survive if he lets you, all that good stuff. I, I did mark out for for beat him if you can survive if he lets you. Yeah, it was real good. Honestly, Taz is actually maybe better as a manager than he is a commentator. I, I like Taz. I, I, really I did feel liked like it. he definitely tripped up on on his promo a little bit. It definitely felt like a oh maybe you should have like rehearsed this a little bit before you did this Taz. But also, yeah, I there's there's something to this. There's something to this manager Taz. Mm-hmm. He had a into. fire to him that he does not have on commentary, and he's good on commentary in my opinion, but not believe, this good. I can't believe Taz is already being used better by AEW than he was his entire WWF run. Yeah, that's not wrong, honestly. Like everything he's done is pretty good so far in AEW, other than maybe a few commentary stumbles. Uh, but even those. Even those are pretty darn good. They given don't not... have him feuding with Jerry Lawler yet. Yeah, and also, it's still better than JR. Let's come on. Unlike JR. Eh. I don't know if I agree with that. Also, Britt Baker was Look, back. JR gave us plus Mike Tyson, so we can't be that mad at him. True. But also, Britt Baker was here. I didn't love this Britt Baker segment. It felt a little bit like nobody knew where to start with the promo. Like, they hadn't rehearsed it at all. This, and was, then, this was the most shades of shitty barista Britt Baker's been in a while. Yeah, I, but... I don't know. I felt like some of it was definitely just, like, it felt it felt too long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. In part because of, like, it felt like they didn't rehearse. Like, like Trey said, it felt like they didn't rehearse with the props at all. Like, yeah. it felt like they actually didn't have a bit with the props, and, like, there, it felt like maybe they were kind of trying to draw it out to make it funny in, like, a weird, like, Eric Andre, this is fucking ridiculous and just fucking not happening way, but it, instead it kind of just played off, it played off in the wrong way. It played mm-hmm. off like they didn't, they actually didn't rehearse it and not, they're intentionally fucking it up. Right, which it's like, yeah. so you get her not... Figuring out whether she wants to yell at Rebel or she wants to yell at Tony Schiavone. And at this whole time, I'm thinking, wait, is she waiting for Big Soul to come out there and yell at her? 
And as it turns out, no, she just needed to get a big bulletin board up there that blames Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose and Aubrey Edwards, most especially as the criminal kingpin of the reason why Britt Baker is now injured. And honestly, yeah. I think a big and part it's of... Good. I didn't find the concept of this funny. I I don't think it was it landed nearly as well as some of the stuff she's done, but um she did mention she'll be back at all out, so I assume they're lining something up for her to do. And I kind of wonder if maybe part of this is starting to set now the rose up for a face turn. So we it's very early to tell, I don't know, but that would be interesting. I mean, hey, if she's face now, the people can't, the the shitheads can't hide behind, no, we just don't like her because she's heel. I mean, honestly. Oscar, they're not hiding behind that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, at this point, they haven't been hiding over, behind anything. They're just fucking Sorry, thugs. let me rephrase this. The people defending the shitheads by saying, no, she's just getting heel heat. Yeah, that's same as the X-Pac people in the back in the day. Uh, but no, it's um one thing I did want to call it on the side because I know we don't all listen to AEW Unrestricted. Um, there's a really good, and they just put out the Britt Baker episode. Hmm. A really good story that Britt Baker, and she had a fantastic interview. It's actually kind of, I think, a must-watch of all those episodes. Um, talking about when she got the concussion at Fight for the Fallen last year. And basically saying, that was like the worst week of my life. And the night... That I got after I got that concussion, I had to stay awake the whole time, and you know somebody had to check in on me every hour to make sure I hadn't fallen asleep or wasn't in a bad shape. And that person who was checking in on me was Aubrey Edwards, who was also the ref for the match. And so Aubrey was checking in on her every hour, like during the whole night, uh, making sure she's okay, waking her up, checking on her symptoms, everything, texting the doctor, texting Cody and Tony. And all of them, and letting them know. Kind of just a really feel-good moment that, like, everyone there was looking out for Britt Baker. Like, they were super concerned after that. There was no, like, negligence of, like, oh, God, no, we, you know, it's just concussion. She'll walk it off and be good. No, they were, like, everybody was super scared for her. And I, I do want to say I'm, I'm glad that we are finally at the point where we're treating concussions properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yep. they did everything in their power to treat it properly, and Britt was talking about just how anxious she was, and I was actually scared she was to get back in the ring after that concussion because she said that was like the worst week of her life, just how she felt. And you know, the first thing she noticed after taking that bad kick that caused it is that she could not see out of her left eye. Oh my god! And then as soon as she said that to Aubrey, Aubrey's like, "Yep, she's got a concussion. We're fucked." So. Yeah, just interesting story. She also talks about stuff like Adam Cole and um, other issues like being a fan and a dentist at the same time and all those studies. Really cool stuff. Um, and yeah, so just calling that out. Next segment, though, um, going to be the first question of the night for me. Christy Jane's battle to Karushita. Do you care? No. I thought it was fine. I just don't get Christy James's gimmick. She's a Texan, but she dances like a Brazilian. I mean, she's billed as from Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, even though JR immediately blew that up and said, no, she's actually from Texas. Yeah. It's like, well, Well, yeah, she's from the Rio Grande de Janeiro. (laughs) 
And her mom worked her butt off in Texas to make sure that she got a doctorate and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, so that's what she was doing. She was dancing across the sand. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah, Hikaru Shida won. Um, there wasn't much just beyond just putting her over, um, giving Austin Gunn another reason to wear her entrance robe and scream. Um, I really I'm okay know. with that. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, then Cody came out after this for the segment for his awful-looking belt. I tuned him out immediately as soon as he ta- started talking about Tom Brady because I didn't give a shit. So he might have said something good there. I don't know. Did it was fine. It was basically... I, I, his... Actually, I'll no, it, I mean, it, it was basically... His, his point was, you know, the reason I like Tom Brady is because Tom Brady was not the first one picked. Like... People counted mm. him out, and he made his own legacy based on just being that damn good. That's me. I like I was not the first one picked for like best wrestlers when they fucking made AEW. I wasn't even the fifth one picked. Yeah, it must be hard being a Rhodes. Yeah, it must be hard being an EVP. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, you weren't you weren't the first person picked when they were being when they were being like, let's make a wrestling company. You're still an EVP. Yeah. So nice talk. Nice conversation. He likes to turn, make you forget those little things. But uh, yeah. Okay. It's sure. The, it is the weird thing of Cody is the top baby face that should be a huge fucking heel. Yeah. I mean, look, my, I was watching this with my mother and all my mother was saying is, you know, that neck tattoo still looks really stupid. Yep. It sure does. And then... She's more and more noticeable as it goes on. Yes. It, it's, it's so bad. Just get laser the shit. Just fucking get rid of it, dude. Yeah. Like, the, the day you get rid of it, just, you know, come on with neck wrap and take it off and it's gone, the crowd is going to pop. Yep. Well, I, that's I, why you're going to get do it fucking until, thank you, Cody. Until yeah. COVID's over, because he has to do it while there's a live audience. I mean, honestly, yeah, if it, that's what it takes. Like, double or nothing next year. Let's go. Um, Do it, and then he just kind of goes out there and announces that he's basically doing the John Cena TNT Championship Open Challenge um, every week. He's just going to put an open challenge out for this title, which is great when you have a special battle royale to decide who goes after it next week. You know? If it's an open challenge, why are we even having the battle royale? Just... Have an open challenge and just line them up each week and send them out. I mean, they already said they were going to do the battle royale, so I guess we got to do it now. Yeah, maybe he should have waited a week before saying this, huh? Hmm, I mean, I'll be honest. I had honestly thought this title was going to have to be defended every week anyway, because I thought it was going to be like a TV title. I mean, it should. should. It should be. That's, I think, the best way to go about it is like every week. It should be. Like, I was definitely thinking that, too. Like, it should be, like, defended at least once every two weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. But and I guess so, this goes against when they had said in the past, it's like, no, we're never going to have a TV title. Yeah, well, I guess, you know. Well, can't... then they had, then, you know, as we've discussed here, they literally had TNT come, come to them and say, hey, there's like a fucking uh, virus going on. Could you maybe give us a TV title? Could you give us something to work with, a storyline, anything? And Tony Khan invented a championship. Because he loves his friends at TNT. I mean, characters I do wanted. Really, I do really like that the fucking 
that the belt has the Turner plantation on the fucking side. I, that's like the best part of that belt. Like everything else it's can really good. Everything else can kick rocks. Those side plates need to stay in the final form. I was, I was wondering why there's a plantation on there. And I will also confess when I first saw it, I was like, wait, is that a fucking plantation on here? Cause that seems kind and of uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. You can't escape racism in the South. It's where Turner Broadcasting's first offices were. That's where Wolf Blitzer had to work the fields. Um, Nearer my heart to thee, this is CNN. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to get a challenge I actually did for that. really appreciate that, by the way, that to before we move on here. Mm-hmm. The Catalyst Wrestling thing where they announced the Capital Wrestling is dead. The in, the opening of the video is them playing the fucking the the near my heart to the fucking CNN play this clip if the world ends. Oh my god, that's amazing yeah, right. and stupid. And I'm pretty sure that they filmed that at the Turner Broadcasting man at the the mansion at the plantation. Probably they film a lot of stuff there apparently. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So anyways, um, then we had our. Made a couple matches here, but uh, let's start with the tag match. Oh, actually, since yeah. we're talking about television things, there is one thing that I feel like we should bring up that we talked about uh, in private here. Yo, there are a lot of fucking HBO Max ads on this thing. Oh, yeah, yo, the ring was full of, like, HBO turnbuckle posts and pads and... It the really made was me want to go check I mean, out what was on HBO right now. I mean, admittedly, I did download HBO Max during the fucking commercial break. Oh, what the was like, fuck? Oh, well, hey, I get it for free because I already have HBO. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair then. I wonder if HBO Max is in Canada. But yeah, not only was not only was it on the ring and the apron, it was also on half of the fucking uh, guardrails outside the, uh, the barriers. Mm-hmm. It was also on the fucking announce table. Yep. And on the ring post. Yeah, oh. we said ring post. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you what. AEW knows how to... Uh... Slap some branding that maybe is wildly unnecessary onto everything. Which, hey, Turner wants to get their money, and it makes sense that, you know, they'd go all out for branding on the, you know, HBO Max the week that HBO Max really launches. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of like you said here, Trace, yo, is this is this implying some things about that second show that, that Dynamite's supposedly getting? Yeah, is that going to be like an HBO Max show, or are they just doing this because it's synergy? What the fuck? Yeah, I, and I know that they said to TNT, the elite but... To just use all of Game of Thrones' leftover budget. Look, give Brandon Cutler his own Game of Thrones. Just, just him and Peter Brandon Avalon. Cutler after Game of Thrones. <laughs> Brandon Cutler. Jeez. God, there's so many things you could do with this. Eh, fuck it. I, I can't even think about anything. I don't want to get too much in my fanfics of Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, and Joey Janela toiling so, in the New Zealand lands. It's okay. Brandon my Cutler, mind, critical my role. just went to think Cutler about role. all the incest in Game of Thrones and what that means for being the elite. Oh, so the Young Bucks are finally going to make up. Good Christian boys! I don't know, man. I saw that Halloween episode and I got some thoughts. They believe in... Uh, hey, that was Kenny. Oh, was it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was Kenny playing them. Uh-huh, it sure was, wasn't it? Hmm. Well, storyline, I guess. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Look, they believe in Christ. Yeah. So, so did all the kings and queens of ya. England. 
I'm just also you could always take like um, I don't know like a certain friend of theirs who is maybe employed different by a different company but isn't being used right now um, and try a travel show with them you know like Marty and Kip take Japan I don't know and on that bad joke um, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are a tag team I fucking sure are and. They faced off against SCU, the team that really doesn't matter anymore. You can see where this is going, probably. The fourth best tag team. Yeah, about that. So, that whole thing at Double or Nothing was supposed to be naming the number one tag team, which was the best friends. And The then... wrong team won, except based on the match that happened, the right team won. It's still really weird. It's weird because actually both teams are the wrong team in that circumstance if that match is to be trusted. Yeah. And I think that might have driven what happened here because uh, the number one contenders are now Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. They they have a really good finisher, in fairness. They've got a really good dynamic in that Jimmy Havoc is violent and Kip Sabian is cocky and has a girlfriend that cheats for him. Um, but they also use... Marty Skrull and Zack Sabre Jr.'s old finisher from Rev Pro, where Kip hits a missile drop kick as Jimmy Havoc is starting a Michinoku driver. And yeah, just like Marty Skrull used to do a missile drop kick into Zack Sabre's Michinoku driver, uh, that wins in the match. And so. That's pretty cool. Now Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are probably going to give their titles over to. Mar- um, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc because Lord knows Hangman Page would probably like to go quarantine again. You really think so? I don't know. I, I get the feeling it could happen. I I get the feeling I mean, Hangman me, Page is not yet ready to get back to full time wrestling. Hmm. I mean, because to me, I my assumption was that the entire reason they're doing this was, oh, well, I guess that they'll give them like one easy win for for them to have before you know the best friends match at Fighter Fest because I guess Fighter Fest is a thing. Yeah, either that or hot shot the titles of the best friends. Either way, but I think I, mean, I guess that's one way to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be the telltale sign next week whether or not Hangman Page is back fully in or not and it's weird though because like it seemed like they were at least on this episode it seemed like they were kind of booking more around page and having them you know having them be more of a team again mm-hmm. that's Especially, like said, the weird backstage thing with the pitcher and pitcher during the commercial where did, we couldn't hear it did anybody get dialogue on that because all we got was hangman page staring into a hidden camera that apparently should have been better hidden yeah, no, I think that was the entirety of that of that segment. Was just I don't know. Here's Hangman looking at hidden camera. Yeah, so I don't know. That was a cool moment, but I feel like the way Hangman Page intentionally limited himself during the stadium stampede to working with as few people as possible during that whole segment, because really the only people he worked with in that whole segment that I can recall are um, Jake Hager and Kenny Omega, and then the bit with Jericho. Yeah, and the bit with Jericho. And that's about it. He didn't work directly with Sammy or anyone else. No, so, I don't think so. No, he chased Sammy to make it look like he's working with them. But So I'm a little on the fence in whether he's comfortable working with people or if he's still trying to, okay, I'll do a little bit here with a couple people. I'll drop the belts to people I know are clean. 
and then I'm out for a while again while I quarantine and make sure I'm healthy. Because hmm. he seems very paranoid about um, coronavirus, and for good reason, I will say. Yeah, definitely for very good reason. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to blame him after that promo we cut. Yeah. And he might just go back in hiding after this, but we'll see. Again, if he wins this match with Kenny, forget anything I said. But there's a chance he still may be a little apprehensive as we live in a world with a very nasty disease floating about. And on that lovely note, we also had MJF in a battle royale. Battle Royale means that fucking already skipped over the greatest commentary call of all time. I mean, we've been talking about all the time. Plus Mike Tyson. Plus Mike Tyson. I I know there's the other one you're talking about, but talk about talk about Artery Oscar. Oh no, I was talking about plus Mike Tyson. Okay, there's another thing you mentioned earlier that. Oh look, I laughed my ass off. When they just come back from commercial and Jim Ross is very boredly saying, and HBO Max launches this week, The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire. He sure did. Those are, those are definitely two shows, all right. Which tried... then prompted my mother to say, I never finished watching Boardwalk Empire, and I wonder <laughs> why. You tell your mom you, she didn't miss much. It's what, yeah. That's exactly what I said. I'm like... You and basically everybody else. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the, the entire show, there was like a lot of stuff still to come. Mike Tyson. Plus Mike Tyson. Plus Mike Tyson. Plus Mike Tyson. Um, but hey. yeah, the Battle Royale happened. Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson was not in it. Um, but it was Plus determined that. the number one contender for these weekly challenges that are going to happen anyway. So pretty much everybody in this Battle Royale is getting a shot at some point. Um. It was a decent battle royale, honestly. Pretty well choreographed. Kind of strange at some points, but told all the stories it needed to. And you, you kind of got the feuds of MJF and Jurassic Express in there. And yeah, so that's going to continue. But for now, Jungle Boy got the upper hand thanks to the help of knocking out MJF and then with help of Orange Cassidy knocking out Wardlow. Dun, dun, dun. And leading to something I do appreciate about this Battle Royale compared to a lot of others. And honestly, I don't think... Oh, God, I'd have to look back at the previous Battle Royales. I guess they have fallen foul of it quite often. This was a clean finish. Nobody was hiding outside the ring during the very end. Orange Cassidy had been attacked earlier, but he entered with plenty of people left. And... Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy had a very hot finish to this match. With kind of a weird ending where maybe Orange Cassidy telegraphed too much that he's about to be um, Ronit out of the ring. Um, But yeah, Jungle Boy is now your number one contender for the TNT title. And Cody basically handpicked who he thinks the finest person of the young people are that he's going to beat for retaining the championship next week. It's cool. You know, fun match. Decent. It's not as good as the next segment, though. This next segment was... This segment was amazing. So, so good. They finished up with the Inner Circle pep rally for the match they just totally lost on Saturday. Plus Mike Tyson. Plus Mike Tyson. But 
they didn't mention here, but yeah, it's like they ran out of time. It had to be Mike Tyson here. I I um, honestly wish they hadn't promoted Mike Tyson because it would have been a way better surprise. Our apologies to Mike Tyson. We're all out of time. See you on Raw. Uh. <laughs> Mike Tyson gets to fucking put on dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it it's it's typical inner circle angle where they're doing goofy stuff, giving each other weird gifts, which is better than it sounds. And it includes Santana giving Ortiz a chopped cheese and then giving Vic's vapor rub to help Sammy Guevara with all his horrible neck injuries. John, you're a New Yorker. What is a chopped yeah. cheese? It's a good-ass sandwich. It's a good-ass sandwich. He's absolutely right. And if if you're not in New York, you're not going to get one, so don't do bother. Yeah. This you have is... to ask. Mm-hmm. You, you don't deserve it. This is literally the thing. I know one thing about New York. It's like you don't get a chopped cheese elsewhere, and you don't start saying, oh, yeah, I've got myself this special artisan sandwich I found at a bodega nearby, which would be your 7-Eleven, because you don't live in New York, and that's a chopped cheese. It's a New York thing. Don't try to understand. Yeah, and also specific parts of New York. Yeah. Cool. Low income. No, but, this yeah, is just like mostly. the whole time I'm like, what is this? It's kind of, it's, it, hey, I'm a, I'm a say something that is going to be very controversial to one person on this website. Okay. Oh, it's so like New York cheesesteak? It's, it's like if a cheesesteak was better. I can oh, see so that. You, like, so like a cheesesteak made with provolone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Finally, someone sees it. Hey, don't, don't put provolone on a, on yeah, a don't, cheese. Yeah, chopped cheese is actually, provolone's too high class. Well, wait, does the chopped cheese use real cheese on it? Yeah, it uses real cheese. Yeah. Oh, it's real, then, oh, it's real cheese. Then it's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, totally it's fine. It's from a bodega. Yeah. Like, they don't put All, spray can shit on that stuff. They're better than that. Also, yeah. I just want to point out, so I'm now but on the Wikipedia page for chopped cheese, and it now says on the Wikipedia page, on the May 27, 2020 episode of AEW Dynamite, Santana gifted Ortiz with chopped cheese during the Inner Circle pep rally. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's under the In Popular Culture sec- section of the Wikipedia page. Wikipedia, That's... documenting the things that matter. That will be removed in five days, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Not notable enough. No, it'll be removed because there's no citation. There's no, yeah, I'm looking at this now. There's no citation on it. Oh, well, there you go. It's gone for that. Yep. But yeah, no, it was it was very funny. Um, all those gifts out there, including um, some Timberlands for Jake Hager that were definitely bought off the street. And then Jake Hager had maybe the best pro- um, poem that he could read off that ended with him basically starting to cut the Taken promo about murdering people. Which I didn't realize that Jake Hager's very good at delivering and going off the rails on. This was This was so good. <laughs> I, I just got to say, I will not do this any justice, so I'm not even bothering to try, other than to say, you will like everything about this. And at the end, Chris Jericho just basically said, all I want out of this is I want Mike Tyson's head on a platter. Because he punched me one time in WWE, and I'm really not happy about that still in 2010. Excuse me, he punched him one time on a Monday night. Yeah, on a Monday night. I was night. really wondering, wait, is he going to say it? No, I mean, that would be too raw memory for him to say. But he 
Mike Tyson did punch him, and he wanted revenge. And so Mike Tyson comes out, having apparently eaten from a cheese platter and drank all the bubbly that Chris Jericho had around, surrounded by a couple MMA fighters that was very curious. Who are these people? Um, I don't know who some people are, but they mentioned Vitor Belfort, who is a longtime UFC fighter, mm-hmm. and Henry Cejudo, who is a current, I believe, longtime uh, MMA fighter. I don't know who was who there, because some guy had eyeshadow on. I think that might have been Vitor Belfort in like a really ragged look. I don't know. Yeah, Vitor. Yeah, my cousin. I, I don't know, man. It's but it, they had a bunch of people who were legitimately kind of fighters. They're just staring down the inner circle, and you got the moment where everybody who faces down a boxer also faces down their posse. Then a shove happens, and then everything breaks loose, and you have basically the entire roster and backstage staff run out to separate everybody. Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson are about to have a feud of some sort. And it looks really bad in terms of like pandemic and social distancing. I'm just mostly amazed that Mike Tyson wasn't a one-and-done thing because they were supposed to be in Vegas. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Um, this was thoroughly... Well, it wasn't good, I was going to say, but this part, I'm interested to see where they go with it because Tyson clearly can't fight in a wrestling match, I wouldn't think. But are they going to try something? Who even knows anymore? I don't I know. Don't know if, I don't know if they even know what they're doing. They may have nothing about this next week. Who knows? So... Weird final segment, but funny before the scuffle. And as I said to everybody... with the scuffle, kind of fucking great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. But I'm just going to say, if anybody in AEW contracts coronavirus in the next two weeks, this segment is the new thing everybody's going to show. As, hey, look, they were not taking precautions. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly... I don't think Mike Tyson's going to be back because Mike Tyson just announced he's having a boxing match Mm. against Tyson Fury. Oh, shit. Uh, what? At long last, the AEW-WWE crossover match we all wanted. I can just see... Well, this is going to be something. I can just see Vince McMahon calling it Tyson Fury. What will it take? What will it take for me to put a WWE logo in your shorts? Uh, so, uh, so Tyson, I don't care which one, but, uh, MBS, uh, would really like this to happen at, uh, Crown Jewel. It's good shit, pal. I mean, look, I'm just saying, the last boxing pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia, they literally built a whole new arena just because of the fight. Jesus Christ. So yeah, that was Dynamite. Plus Mike Tyson. Hooray! That's what a great episode of Dynamite, I guess, or something. I don't know. I mean, this is the best Dynamite's been in a long time. It went by very quickly in a way that was entertaining. There were some weird segments, but I laughed like hell at the Inner Circle segment, so that's good enough for me. Would you watch it again? Yes. This, this inner circle segment, that's it. 
Yeah, that's what I, I meant dynamite you were in general. To. Um, oh, dynamite in general. I'm required to every yeah. week, dude. I don't know. This, this is your out. I offered you the out, and you didn't take I, it. No, I'm so. not taking. I'm not taking it. I, I'm. I am all in on all elite wrestling, John. No, it's all out. Get the branding right. I only I only do this because you're my only friends now. Oh, oh, sh- oh shit. Oscar, you fucked up. That doesn't make me feel good about myself. No, it's okay. You're not part of the snakes that play Dungeons and Dragons in my house. That's true. I mean, I'm comfortable oh, saying that because even though they've told me they want to support me, I know they don't listen to this podcast. Well, there you go. On that note, this has been episode 32 of a podcast that is no longer very posy at all, actually. Interesting. We should listen to this podcast that Oscar's on. We should just uh, pick up on episode 32. Huh. Oh. You know what? <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Oscar. I, I, left, I, I, I left that group in December, and since December, fucking not one of them has messaged me. Damn. That's fucked up. It is. Oscar. Yeah. Where can people give you money so that you can not live with these jack and apes anymore? ENG.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay the man. Pay the man. Pay the man. Is that it? Anything else you want to plug? No one follows my social media. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I've gotten zero follows from talking about this. Okay, fair enough. Trace! I don't care if you follow me or not off this stuff. I'm going to plug it anyways because, you know, I'm too far in anyways. I am at PSEG on Twitter. Uh, I just tweet out my streams, which are on twitch.tv slash peaceegg. That's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G. I stream a lot of Formula One these days because, good lord, the league I'm in has just gone to 100% length races, and I gotta practice up for those. Hour and a half of racing, straight. Every Sunday. Noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Never ends. Stop asking about your fucking power, New Jersey. Watch it, cowards. Race the man. Just do that too. G- give me follows on Twitch if there's anything you do or learn from this. Just just press the follow button. I don't care if you actually come in and watch a stream. Just press the follow button. Hit the subscribe button and you'll get cool emotes like, I don't know, do you have the eyes on there? Uh, no, I, I, I do actually have the eyes on there. Yeah, but that's a $25 emote because I want to make sure if Owen actually wants to start buying it after I give him one month of it that he actually has to pay me a lot of money. <laughs> that's how we get them yeah exactly that's how i get paid fuck man i should have thought of this yeah i mean look if you need the ice too for your stream i can well actually no shit they'll probably say it's duplicate so no owen pay the man i i owe him a month actually so when one of the gift subs that i've gotten that somehow hit him ends i'll probably give him that for one month first hits free I'm John. Find my OnlyFans account or something. That's the thing I have, right? Yep. I I don't know. Do you? 
Subscribe at the $7 a month tier and you get... OnlyFans only has one tier. You can subscribe in month in bundles of different months, but OnlyFans itself only has one tier. Well, I'm, yeah, it's, but it's, you know, a certain amount, it's a certain amount a month, or you could be free. It's true. Free Never. accounts, that's how they get you. They've, they're just fucking the Fortnite of uh, OnlyFans. Fortnite on OnlyFans? All the, all the fucking pay-per-view videos. All the good, all the fucking good emotes there. Just locked behind that. You got to pay for them. They give you, they give you enough to be like, all right, yeah, no, this is cool. But they're like, oh, oh, here's, oh, this one's locked. All right, well, I guess I'll buy the V bucks. Viagra bucks, that is. Hell yeah. I was just gonna make the worst joke about V bucks. Well, now you have to. I know where he's going with this. I do too, but I want to hear him say it so we can feel his shame. I heard him mumble that there. Louder for the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know, Oscar. We know. And yet, you wanted me to say it, so that's on you. This has been episode 32 of Heal Alternative Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast covering the world of AEW, NXT, and professional wrestling within and without Vince's purview. I don't know, we'll be back next week or something. Probably. They haven't stopped us yet. Well, they should. Stop us. I but stole, they haven't. I stole the heel turn name and he didn't stop me. Y'all come back here. podcast was brought to you by the zonecast network executive produced by owen douglas visit zonecast.com for more shows 